All right, good morning to everyone. Uh, it's a blessing to be here and uh, again share from God's Word. And yeah, uh, Harley, I, uh, yeah, I guess I'll be retiring from being uh, as active as I have been here. And I've always said that, uh, and this is because I, I know that this has happened, uh, not to you, but to some others already, where I've said I want to quit before the people ask me to quit, you know. And so I've known that to happen, where the older people just kept right on preaching and the congregation would have loved for them just to quit because... They couldn't preach anymore, and every time they, it was their turn to preach, they had visitors, and it was just, uh, you know, it was just a bad thing going on, you know. So, <coughs> all right, I'd like to, uh, again, maybe we'll uh, just let you sit, or if you'd like to stand, and we'll repeat the Lord's Prayer. I am, I am guessing that everyone has memorized the Lord's Prayer through this series that I've been uh, preaching, if you haven't had it learned before. And I, I am trusting that your parents would have, would have taught you the Lord's Prayer early in your childhood. But that doesn't happen in every home. You know, so let's stand and... Uh, Say the Lord's Prayer together. Now, remember, we, uh, we say it loud enough so that we kind of annoy the people beside us. But we're saying this prayer unto the Lord. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Thank you. That sounded very good. So that's what we want to... A look at Matthew chapter 6, and I've given it a title as the doxology of the Lord's Prayer. When we think of a doxology, we think of songs like, Blessed be the tie that binds, or a parting song, but it's usually a song of praise, of praising the Lord for his goodness, for his uh, blessings to us, and, and just, just really uh, praising him. That's what it kind, uh, kind of consists of, or should consist of. You know, we, uh, we talk about God in, in various ways, and, and we, uh, we talk about the awesomeness of God or the greatness of God, 
or the, the power of God. And uh, I'd just like to ask the question, do we say that because God doesn't know it? God doesn't know that he's awesome and that he's a great God and a loving God, an understanding God? Do we say that because he doesn't know it? Or do we say it because we need to know it? Yes, I think that's right. We say those things because we need to know it. God knows that already, how great he is and how awesome. And so, coming to the last words in, in, these, in this uh, prayer, he says that uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I've often wondered why that Keith a lot of times, and, and I think maybe say this, but Keith does a lot of time, and all the people said amen. You know that if you go back to Deuteronomy, where they had the two, the blessings and the curses given. And it was told there that all the people said, Amen. So when something is good, we should say, Oh man, to it. Amen. I mean, the people said so because they believed what God said was true. And they believed in God. And so it was and a, a way of worshiping God. Now I'd like to look at this prayer and, and look at three words in there that are very, very important. And if you believe in underlining words in your Bible, underline these three words. In verse 13. For thine is... For thine is, every prayer is for God. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. That all belongs to God and his son, Jesus Christ. So, whenever we pray, we should remember that we are praying to God because unto him is the kingdom, the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, if I go back to where I started in the beginning of this series, it was that the disciples came to Jesus and they said, teach us to pray, even as John taught his disciples to pray. And so this is what Jesus told them. This is how you should pray. Now, he doesn't, it, I don't think that this means that every time you pray a prayer that you need to, to add this prayer to it. But here he gives us an idea as to what kind, what, what words to, should proceed when we pray and to get an answer to our prayer. So we've looked at, at uh, the request to uh, thy kingdom come. Hallowed be thy name, 
and thy kingdom come. And we noticed already that thy kingdom comes whenever people become born again. Whenever you lead someone to the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is coming down to that person. I realized this morning that we live in two different kingdoms. We are in the kingdom of this world. And this kingdom, the kingdom of this world, has a king or a leader that we can see. The kingdom of God, we do not see. It's a spiritual kingdom. Nevertheless, it is a kingdom. And the king reigns in that kingdom. We are reigning today with Jesus Christ. He is our king. There's a lot of people that are, that are well, let me say it this way. I was up in, uh, in Michigan City Prison with the gospel. No. Well, maybe the gospel echoes were there, but we went with Eli's. And uh, there, was a, there was a group of people there at that particular time when they came from Gary, Indiana. And I think they had him, uh, one of those men from Gary, Indiana, Indiana testifying to these in, uh, prisoners there. But afterwards, they were talking, and, and these guys from, from Gary, Indiana, they were, they were very excited. But I noticed what they were saying was, oh, we just can't wait until the Lord's kingdom comes. You know, there's going to be this, this thousand-year reign, and it's going to be so exciting. We've just got something to look for when that thing happens, you know. It's going to be so great. Well, I'm not saying that it, it wouldn't, wouldn't be great. But if you've missed the kingdom of God here, you're not going to be in that if there is such a thing. I'd like to tell you that. That's real. The kingdom of God here on this earth is Jesus Christ is the king. And we need to remember that. Jesus is king and, and God wants the glory and we do not. We are not king. We are not getting the glory. Whenever we pray, the glory belongs to God. And whenever we pray and we steal the glory, guess what happens? God doesn't answer. If we don't give God the glory, God doesn't answer our prayers. I have for, well, I'll get to that later. I have a few things here to, to share. When we pray, we need to realize that it's all about God and by God and for God. Three things that we need to remember. It's all about God, it's all by God, and it's for God. When I pray, it's all about God and his kingdom. In Acts chapter 1, and uh, I, I like to use the King James Version. I, Brother Clarence 
Bontrager taught me that the King James Version is the best translation. You might not have see it that way, and you may have others. But one thing that he told me as to you, whether you can test the translation that you have, look at the words that uh, speak about the blood of Jesus Christ. Some translations leave that out. If it leaves it out, if your translation doesn't mention the blood of Jesus Christ, get rid of that Bible. Don't use it. That's what Clarence told me, and I'm passing it on to you. And I think it's, it's important. Some translations just don't use some of those words that uh, the King James Version does. In Acts chapter 1, 1 to 3, let's, let's uh, turn to that. The former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now this is where we get that Jesus was with, the, was with the disciples and talking to them and teaching them for 40 days. And you think if you're talking with someone and trying to persuade someone for 40 days and they don't get it, there's something wrong. But it seems like that's the way it is with some people. It's a little bit like the man that had a grandson. And they were trying to teach this grandson how to uh, conduct himself. He was a six-year-old grandson, how to conduct himself in a Christian manner and, and things like that. And, and so uh, the grandpa would say, he'd tell him, now, now, Jackson, you need to get this. Are you getting this, you know? You need to learn what to do at, at uh, given times, you know. And, and he said, yes, Grandpa. And uh, so he said, this preacher said that, that uh, he was talking to him for 30 seconds, about 29 seconds more than what he was able to listen to. And then he said, right after he was finished saying, now, Jackson, do you get this? Jackson would say, Grandpa, for my birthday, are you going to get me a real bow and arrow that I can actually kill something with it? Uh, he, was, he really got what this man was talking about. And that's the way we are sometimes. We just don't get it. Jesus talked to his disciples for 40 days. 40 days he was with them. And they said, Jesus, are you going to, at this particular time, come and take and set up the kingdom and take Israel away and, and you're, you're going to set up your kingdom here? Are you going to do that? Jesus would have said, I was with you 40 days and you still don't get it. 40 days and you think I'm going to set up a kingdom here. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom of God is within you. You can't see the kingdom of God. 
ex with the exception of people that demonstrate it. The people that live by the power of God. They show people what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of this world has a king that they follow and do the things that their leader wants them to do. We have an invisible king. We don't see the king. The people see the kingdom of God by the way that you and I conduct our life. The way that we demonstrate the life of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus comes along and he says, this is the way that you should pray, and then he says, for thine is the kingdom and the power. When he said for thine, he's saying, I want you never to forget that God to God is the glory, the power, and the kingdom. Went backwards there. But it all belongs to God. Now sometimes we think that we should have some of the glory. And it's relatively easy for us to, uh, to do that. I've gotten to the place where I think it would be good if uh, we would do like some of the other churches do. When the pastor is finished with his sermon, he'll go outside and shake hands with the people. There were some people in the church here that were just a little bit stubborn about that. They didn't know. Clarence was one of them that he didn't really think that that was the best thing to do. And I think maybe James is a little bit, you know, not for sure whether that's the right thing to do. I don't know how Keith feels about it or Laverne. But it is easy. It says, for the glory is God's. It is easy for a speaker, a preacher, or whoever it is to take glory for, away from God. When, when people come along and they praise you for what you've done, oh, that was a tremendous message. I really got blessed. Someone said that to Charles Spurgeon after he had preached a message. And this lady came up and said, that was the best message I ever heard. And Charles Spurgeon said, the devil told me that five minutes ago. That that was a good message. And he refused to take the glory. If you go back to the early church, the disciples, after they were anointed, when the Holy Spirit came down and the house shook where they were. When they prayed, the house shook. And the Holy Ghost came down upon these men and these men went out. And you know what? They refused to take glory to themselves. They actually refused to take glory. They gave it to God. It's God working in the hearts and lives of people. And so it's no wonder that in this prayer it says, For thine, don't forget, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. It all belongs to God. You get nothing. I get nothing. If we take God's glory, we're stealing. And all our prayers should have praise in it. I find in the Bible that when people began praising the Lord, things happened. Things happen when we give him honor and glory and praise for what he's doing. Some people have thought that 
or, or kind of the idea, and some pastors do this, they say that when a young couple gets married, or I say a couple, when a young, young boy and a girl, they're going together, and uh, he finally gets up enough nerve to ask her to get married, and she'll get, uh, she responds yes, and so they plan for a wedding. Who plans for the wedding? The bride. The man helps where he can, but for the most part, it's the bride. And so the bride is getting a lot of attention. And this one pastor said that, that when, when, uh, they, whenever he does a, a wedding, he said he tries to stay in the background. Some people, some preachers think that, hey, you've got all these people and they're going to listen to you preach here, and so I'm really going to lay it on. No, he said, it's not about the preacher. It's about the bride. And he said, it's not even about the groom. He said, the groom, yeah, they expect you to be here, but it's all about the bride. And uh, the bride and the groom, they don't, some of them don't even care what the message is about. All they want to say is, yes, I do, and let's get out of here. You know. And here the preacher, he's just going on and on and on, you know. So, this uh, number of pastors were together, and they were kind of at the place where they thought it's wise for, you know, to the, the have the bride, you know, she's the main person at the wedding. And so, he kind of got the idea that, yeah, you should, you should respect the bride, so these uh, pastors were together and talking, and the, the one pastor said, you know, he said, I was doing a wedding, I mean a funeral here a while back, and uh, he said, he don't talk too long at a, a funeral either, but uh, he did the funeral, uh, the sermon, and then after the, the sermon, why they went to the gravesite, uh, the burial, and while they were there, why, uh, they would sing some songs, and, and uh, then he'd say what he, whatever he had to say. And then just before he started talking, this lady uh, of the deceased, the woman of the deceased, came up to him and said, Say, Pastor, uh, my husband really liked this certain hymn, you know, that, uh, and, and I wonder if you, you would just sing it for us and, and lead it. And the pastor, he, he, was, he could sing most any song that people wanted. He could lead. He was very good at leading songs. And so he said, well, sure, what is it? And she said, oh, my husband really liked Jingle Bells. And he thought, Jingle Bells? Well, that, that's not a hymn. But he thought because he wants to honor the bride and the woman and everything, why, why he'd do it. And so after he was finished speaking, he said, there's one request that the, the, the sister made, and uh, we'd like to sing that song, and it's, it's uh, Jingle Bells. And so he started, uh, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, you know, and everybody started in and helped sing this Jingle Bell song. And afterwards, the lady came up to him and said, Oh, Pastor, uh, I am so sorry. That was not the song that he wanted. It's Let Them Golden Bells Ring, you know. <laughs> well, anyhow, 
so much for that. That was funny. So we're still at this uh, thing of, of looking at this prayer. The pattern of praying begins in worship. Continued of this Lord's Prayer, continued in intercession, and concludes in praise. Praise is an essential element in all real praying. Give us this day our daily bread. We magnify the goodness of God. When we pray for forgiveness, we exalt God's mercy. We ask for guidance. Lead us not into temptation. We honor his wisdom and his power. When we pray for deliverance from all evil, we exalt his strength. Now let's remember that all for thine is the kingdom and the power and the power. That's why we pray to God because his is the power. We do not have power in ourselves. In fact, we are pretty weak when it comes to having power spiritually. And sometimes we should be actually be ashamed of ourselves. That we don't allow God or Jesus Christ to, to exercise more power. And like I said, I think the power is starting to manifest itself when we praise. We should give this prayer in praise. When out of the depth we begin to praise God, we do so because we know that his name, his glory, and his promises are all linked inseparably with the need of our hearts, the glory of God, our salvation. The character of God is concerned about our holiness and happiness. The promise of God is linked with the supply. Now get this. But Mike Paul said, but my God shall supply all your needs in Jesus Christ. Now how many are not in there? Can you count them? How much does all mean? Paul said that. And Paul had a, a lot of needs. He had a lot of things that he went through for the cause of Christ. Suffered many things. Going back to Luke chapter 11, where we have Jesus coming to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Lazarus had died. And when they came out to the, to the grave there why, uh, where he was buried, Jesus lifted up his eyes towards heaven. And I wondered when I read that, why do we always close our eyes or look down when we pray? Why don't we look up? We don't have to close our eyes, but it helps at times to get, to keep our eyes from wandering. It helps, but 
maybe we should just look up and pray. And uh, what did Jesus say? When he prayed there at Lazarus' tomb, he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me. So his prayer was right in the beginning with thanksgiving. I thank thee that, that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hearest me all the time. Wow. Isn't that a tremendous thing to know that when we pray, God hears us every time? Sometimes we go away and we think, God just hasn't heard my prayer. I don't know why, but it seems like God is so far away. He just doesn't hear me when I pray. Well, maybe we should check some things out. Maybe we are trying to steal some glory for ourselves. Maybe we think that what we do and say is all about us. Prayer is not about us. It's about God. And he says that for thine is it. So you, we need to remember that. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Do we want glory? Not if we want God. To him belongs the glory. That's so amazing. That is so powerful. The next time your prayers aren't answered, check your motive for asking for the things that you're asking for. What are your motives? Is it so that his kingdom would be increased, that he would get glory, that he would be honored and praised and worshiped? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. And all the people said, Amen. That is true. Let it be so. It's just praise is an, an essential element in our praying. I thought I had another sheet here with some notes on, but I guess... When I pray, it's all for the glory of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. What's the next word? Amen. Isn't that something? Amen. So, when we clap our hands and when we say amen, we're doing it for his glory. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to stop, but let's just lift our hands and say praise the Lord. Give God a praise.